Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, October 28th, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Shane Caldwell, ready to kick off week eight here with Thursday night football, big showdown. And Shane, we're coming off an awesome week seven. We went 13 and one with our lineups that we provided to members and uh, everybody's fired up, big wins, and it's time to get back after it here for week eight. Yeah, we were we were loving that uh, that Sunday night special there, the little uh, Sunday night game. How that got moved to the main slate because we yes. were raving about that game all week, just looking at that. Uh, and then it ended up being, uh, you know, t- we were all over Tyler Lockett all week, and he ended up being low owned. There, not as many people were on him, and so yeah, thanks Tyler Lockett. We're like the Tyler Lockett whispers here because the last time he had like a three touchdown game, we were on him as well. So, uh, so yeah, that was that was awesome with all our members just you know seeing all the huge wins they had. So yeah, we're coming off a great week, so that makes us feel really good uh, about all the hard work we put in, and we're we're ready for week eight now. And this is a great showdown slate. Atlanta at Carolina to start off the week here. Uh, this is an exciting game. It's not one of those grinded out defensive games like the Monday night football game was last week. <laughs> yeah, seriously, no <laughs> doubt. And it, it is a rematch, so it's kind of fun because these teams played not too long ago in week five, and Carolina won that one 23 to 16. But there was a gentleman who didn't play that night, a guy named Julio Jones, and he'll be back in the lineup here. So should be more offense here, more back and forth. Uh, I'm expecting a higher scoring game and let's get into the numbers from Vegas on behalf of our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. That's the place to go for all your sports wagering and casino action. Uh, Terrific partners. We love working with them and the lines they have right now, they've got Carolina as the home favorite by two and a half points over under 51 and a half. So certainly set up to be a close high scoring game. Uh, if you want to bet on the money line, Carolina's minus 140, and Atlanta, you'll get plus money at 120. So, uh, Shane, what are your thoughts here in general about Atlanta having Julio back in the lineup to try to avenge that Week 5 loss to Carolina? Yeah, it's funny because once they fired their coach, uh, Dan Quinn, Atlanta's played a lot better, actually. Um, yeah, and having Julio back healthy and being his dominant self and then still having Kelvin Ridley and those other targets, I mean, Matt Ryan's got to be loving it right now. Uh, you know, so, I mean, they really should have beat my Detroit Lions last week, and Todd Gurley decided to score a game-losing <laughs> touchdown. You know I have to mention that. That's right. I, I, I it's, a great, to, it's a great line. It, it is actually significant. Touchdown. Yeah, exactly. It is significant in this case because we're, we're talking about how they look. But then remember Atlanta the week before went up into Minnesota. I know Minnesota hasn't been great, but they absolutely blew the doors off Minnesota. I think they were up by 28 or 30 at one point in that game before Minnesota's came back a little bit. So the point is Atlanta's playing a lot better. I think their defense is getting slightly better. They're still a bad defense, but they've just played good ever since they fired Dan Quinn. They played a lot better. So I look for Atlanta with Julio Jones to be back uh, to be very competitive in this game. Um, and and I, I actually would probably pick Atlanta to win outright, even though I think it's going to be a close game. And it is setting up for a nice shootout back and forth, especially with Julio back. I don't think Carolina is going to be able to take the air out of the ball and just run run a lot and run the clock down because they could be actually playing from behind this game, kind of like they were against New Orleans last week, uh, where they had almost no running volume, barely any running attempts. I think Mike Davis got like seven carries or something. It was ridiculous. And they went to the old college spread system, you know, uh, 
rule, you know, is bringing that spread system to the NFL and Teddy Bridgewater is running it to perfection. So they, that spread offense is exciting. And obviously Atlanta with the targets they have they they got an exciting offense as well. So this is shaping up to be a good matchup here. Um, I think on the Atlanta side, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to fit both Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. They're both in a pretty good uh, spot here. Carolina has been decent against the pass against quarterbacks and against receivers though. Their, their, their corners have been pretty good, even though coming into the year, they're like, man, all these rookies and inexperienced guys, they're not going to be good. They've been solid. Um, I think I like Calvin Ridley's matchup better. Uh, Calvin Ridley will be primarily going against Troy pride jr. Now Troy pride jr. Has been getting lit up, you know, left and right. He's when he's, targeted he's given up a passer rating of like 155.8 which correct me if i'm wrong i think that's a perfect passer rating it sounds like <laughs> I, th- it. <laughs> I think i think it is and it's like you know he's given up like 15.7 yards per reception so that's why i slightly i like calvin ridley over julio jones uh he's a little bit more expensive but i will take him there and i feel like julio jones demands so much attention when they even when they run zone defense the safety tends to shade over him which leads needs more uh, room for Calvin Ridley. So I can see him really picking apart the coverage, whether it's zone or man. Uh, I think Julio Jones is still good, but he's going to get uh, D- Dante Jackson, the corner from uh, Carolina, more often in coverage. And Dante Jackson's really good. He's limited guys like DeAndre Hopkins and uh, uh, Allen Robinson. He's really uh, you know limited those two top receivers, for example, when, when covering them primarily. Uh, so and his ratings a lot higher in terms of pass coverage. So I don't like Julio Jones matchup as much. He can still get his, but I don't think he's going to have that huge blow up game. Like I think Ridley's going to have. So that's what I'm looking at in the passing game. I like Matt, Matt Ryan here. I think people will look at last game in week five and Matt Ryan had a really bad game, but you know, one of his primary receivers was Alameda Zacchaeus, you know, <laughs> who we know, we know a little bit about him. He, and he, he played really bad. Uh, the, the receivers yeah, look lost. Calvin really had a decent game. You're, you're talking about the last time Atlanta and Carolina played. Yeah. And yes. week five. So my right. point is people may look at that game and say, well, Matt Ryan was bad against Carolina last game. He had like 226 passing yards and no touchdowns and interception. So that sounds really, really bad there. Um, but I think that uh, he's going to have a huge bounce back game with, with Julio Jones back and his second, second game here. So I like Matt Ryan uh, really uh, a lot here. Um, other guys on Atlanta uh, quickly here, Hayden Hurst, I think is sneaky also had a really bad game against Carolina in week five. But Hayden Hurst has ascended and getting more and more involved and looks just really athletic and he's a primary red zone target. So I wouldn't ignore Hayden Hurst, even though he has a bad matchup. Uh, Carolina looks like they're bad on paper, um, but I, I don't think they're that uh, great against the tight end. And I think Hayden Hurst, when he's uh, uh, he has coverage mostly on uh, Shaq Thompson, the linebacker, who's a lot slower and I don't think can keep up with him. So I'm looking at Hayden Hurst. Um, and then you can also look at a value guy in Russell Gage. He'll be uh, Russell Gage is in the slot going up against rookie Jeremy Chin, who's mostly a safety, but he's a really athletic freak athlete type guy who's decent, but not great in coverage. So Russell Gage is a good, uh, a good guy there. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to get your opinion on the Atlanta passing game before we talk about the running game here. Yeah, well, for me, Ridley is number one. Uh, he was excellent against Carolina last time, eight catches for 136. Yes, Julio wasn't there, so he got, uh, you know, 10 targets. He got a lot of attention, but I do think he has a slight edge in the matchup. With uh, with Hurst as the tight end, um, 
I, I want to mention some of the previous matchups and and how Carolina has fared against the tight end. Darren Waller caught six for 45 against them. Hunter Henry, five for 50. And last week, Cook had three for 32 and a touchdown. So, you know, they haven't had any ceiling games from opposing tight ends. So when you talk about it not being a great matchup on paper, I think that's what you're referring to. So I agree. It's it's not an awesome matchup on paper for Hurst, but he is in that mid-tier pricing on DraftKings. So you could consider him. Um I may not be quite as high on Ryan here as you. I, I do like him. I think he'll be better against Carolina than in that first matchup for sure with Julio back. Um, but, you know, Carolina overall has been pretty solid against the pass. They're only giving up 232 yards passing per game, which is ninth best in the NFL. So uh, I will certainly have some exposure to Ryan. I'll pair him up with Ridley some. Uh, but I'm also going to try to figure out this uh, this Atlanta backfield and maybe get one of these running backs. So let's break down that matchup because it is better on paper. You can run against Carolina. They're 18th uh, against the run. And uh, Gurley. So let, let's start with your man Gurley here because uh, he's coming off that game against Detroit where he had 25 touches. And that was Sunday. This is a Thursday game. Short week. Do you think he'll be able to bounce back and produce? I, I could see them limiting his 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 snaps and in, in the carries a little bit in this game because a guy that has an arthritic knee that's a you know a veteran player coming off a, a heavy workload uh, and then bouncing back on Thursday. I don't think that's going to be as easy as people think it is there. Um, and they also have to travel. They're not traveling a long ways, but they still have to travel uh, to Carolina. So I don't. I don't really love the spot for Todd Gurley. Now I love the matchup Carolina, you know, just, it looks like when running backs are going against him, they could just drive a truck through the holes. I mean, the last game Todd Gurley went up against him in week five, they had a play off the left side, like a stretch run play. And it was like, you could drive a semi through the hole and he just ran for a touchdown, like 40 some yards. He'd only had to beat one guy. So Todd Gurley had an explosive game. Would he have like 121 rushing yards, 14 carries and, a touchdown. He was averaging 8.6 yards per carry. I wouldn't expect an encore performance here from Todd Gurley. Uh, it's just not stacking up good. Now I think he can still, you know, he still he gets a lot of red zone carries. He can still put up some production here, but there's a, there's definitely a path where he could get limited a little bit on his touches and potentially bust in this game here. Uh, and people are going to look at the matchup and automatically plug in Todd Gurley at, at kind of a reasonable price point for him. Um, so I think it could be a, a situation where it could be a bust. And I could see the backup Brian Hill getting more carries. If Brian Hill could get, you know, 10 to 12 carries, I think he'll be more productive with his carries. And I could see them using him more because of the short week. And Brian Hill's at near minimal price on both sites. So I think that he could potentially get a touchdown. He gets work in the passing game. Um, and Brian Hill looks more explosive to me overall than Todd Gurley. Um, so that's why I like Brian Hill. If you need to go to a minimal price player here, I think that it's a great matchup. And he's going to get probably more carries than he has lately because they need to uh, take the workload off Gurley a little bit on a short week. Yeah, I like the the discussion there about Brian Hill. Because of the short week, you mentioned his involvement in the passing game. He's been very consistent, 14 catches on the season in seven games. So he's averaging two per week, and he basically gets two per week. So on DraftKings at 2200 he's a, uh, a nice value play you can get in your lineup that will make everything work. 
Uh, I do think it's worth considering. And I do think there's a chance that Atlanta's going to be coming from behind because of Carolina's awesome matchup against the Atlanta pass defense. And if so, if they're trying to play catch up and he gets a few more snaps because of the short week, uh, he could really pile up the PPR points. If you look at some of the uh, backfields and how they've done catching passes against Carolina this year, Tampa Bay, uh, the running backs caught 11 passes for 43 yards. The Chargers backs caught 13 passes for 93. That was a big Eckler game before he got hurt. And then Kamara last week, eight for 65. No big surprise there. But uh, that's that's an area where you can really attack Carolina uh, because, as we've discussed, they're not they're, they're strong against the pass overall. But that's been one area of weakness. You, sh- you can get them with running backs through the air. So I look at Brian Hill as a nice value play on DraftKings. And then, you know, if you're playing the Millie Maker and you want to get a, a unique lineup, you could throw in Ito Smith who's even cheaper. He's 800. And he's a guy who doesn't get many touches, you know, just a couple a week. Um, he only played three plays against Detroit, but, you know, maybe they're going to get him a few, a few extra plays here with his rested legs. Uh, and, you know, he can certainly uh, make a difference, but, you know, if you're only playing one lineup, I wouldn't go there. I, I'd go with Brian Hill. Uh, and uh, hopefully that'll pay off. Shane, any other thoughts on Atlanta here before we transition to the Carolina side? I mean, if you like narratives, Todd Gurley should be highly motivated because he let the team down. They should have had the game won, and he made a major mental error last week. So I think if you like narratives, Todd Gurley would be highly motivated to have a bounce-back game here. It's just a matter of is, is his body physically going to let him do that on a short week, and I'm a little skeptical of that. But that's just one thing to, care, one thing to keep in mind. But I would think that uh, – I would think that Carolina uh, should be able to contain him a little bit. I think that they're pretty bad at, you know, uh, at obviously run uh, run defense here. But I just don't trust Gurley on, on the short week. But like I said, there is a narrative there that he he could be looking highly motivated to have a bounce back after a big letdown. <laughs> it's a it's a funny narrative, isn't it? it Todd, you yeah. can't score touchdowns like that. We need you to have a better game where you score more touchdowns, but earlier. Yeah. In the game. Yeah, at the right time. And the craziest the right thing is the, the the Lions defense was celebrating when he scored the touchdown. They were like throwing up the touchdown symbol. I don't know if I've ever seen that. It was just a crazy situation there. So okay. perfect. It was perfect for Detroit. So yeah, all right. Before we get to Carolina, we'll take a quick break here so you can hear from our partners at betus.com.pa. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. 
Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you to our partners. Be sure to use that promo code COACHTALK when you make that first deposit. Uh, thank you for your support. BetUS.com.pa. Now, Shane, on the Carolina side, let's talk about this passing attack because you can really throw it against Atlanta. They're number 31 in the league against the pass, and because of that, they're number 31 in terms of total yardage given up per game. So where are you looking in this Carolina passing attack? Yeah, I mean, not only is it a great matchup, but you can really predict where the volume's going to go for Carolina here. I mean, it's all about Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, some Curtis Samuel, and then uh, mostly Mike Davis at running back there. And even Curtis Samuel plays a little running back. And then you got Bridgewater running the spread, just slinging the ball all over the place there. Um, not a lot of involvement with the tight ends there for Carolina. So you can pretty much predict where it's going to go. So then you got to analyze, you know, what's the matchups look like? What's the game plan going to be and which guys you like the best? And also I'm looking at ownership projections. Uh, I don't have an exact ownership projection, but over on DraftKings, I'm projecting DJ Moore to be the highest owned because the fact that DJ Moore is coming off a monster game from last week where he scored two long touchdowns, uh, four catches, 93 yards, two touchdowns on five targets. So the fact a monster game against New Orleans, which is a pretty tough matchup there. I think you're going to get a lot of recency bias where people going back to that. He had a good game, also 93 yards in week five. That's just kind of ironic. Uh, same as he had last week uh, for a touchdown against Atlanta in week five. So because of the fact on DraftKings he's cheaper than Robbie Anderson, I could see a huge spike in ownership if people had to choose between the two. But among the two, I like Robbie Anderson the best. He also had a really game, great game in week five. Uh, against Atlanta. And I, I like the fact that Robbie Anderson goes all over the formation. He's their primary target. You know, he gets more targets than anyone on the team and he goes all over the formation in all spots. And he just looks so quick out there and so explosive and just his ability to, you know, uh, contort his body and go up and catch passes and just, you know, the athleticism and just the, the concentration on his catches. He just looks so good. He's looked like one of the best wide receivers receivers in the entire league really and he'll he'll be going up primarily against AJ Terrell uh, who gives up 126.9 passer rating 13.7 yards per per reception and uh, AJ Terrell has gave up 21 receptions on 24 targets this year so that's pretty good <laughs> you know that's pretty good for uh, Robbie Anderson that is and then Robbie Anderson can move around he can get matched up with Kendall Kendall Sheffield you know he can get in the slot against Isaiah Oliver so my point is they could just move him around he'll be peppered with targets and he'll be the main guy and I think he's due they took a deep shot with him last week and he had Marshawn Lattimore against him Marshawn Lattimore played better last week and did limit him a little bit but uh, they'd had a deep shot that they narrowly missed because of good coverage, but I don't think the coverage is going to be as good. So I can see Robbie Anderson not only getting the intermediate and underwork, but also getting the deep shot for hopefully a nice long touchdown. So I could see using Robbie Anderson in some captain spots here, and I can see him having a huge game. Now, I still like DJ Moore. He'll primarily be, uh, be up against Kendall Sheffield, but in terms of a game strategy, if you can get Robbie Anderson at much lower ownership, and I think Robbie Anderson can actually outperform DJ Moore, I like that that leverage pivot play there. Um, and then I like Curtis Samuel just because he's in the slot against Isaiah Oliver, which is also a really great matchup. 
and he's getting more and more targets each week, more and more involved in this spread offense. He's perfect for the spread offense because the guy's like, you know, four three speed. He can just do everything. They even run him at running back as well. He gets a red zone. He got a red zone carry, scored a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. So uh, he's the backup running back right now if Christian McCaffrey's still out, which we think Christian McCaffrey probably will still be out in this game. So we're not really evaluating as if he's playing right now. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking at on that side. And then Mike Davis had a great game against Atlanta uh, last time out. Um, the thing is, they it, they may not uh, be in the lead in this game, so they might not get as much rushing work for him. But Mike Davis does work in the passing game as well. So he's still in play and he's, you know, he's usually their goal line back as well. And he's just looked physical and about Mike Davis, how much I love him this this year. And he's good. I think Atlanta's a decent against the run, though. Uh, you know, I, in terms of the, just look watching them on film and statistically, they're a little better against the run. So I don't think it could be like last week where they don't get as much run volume in terms of attempts. So he would have to do the work through the air. So I don't like him as much. But obviously, I like Mike Davis better than Todd Gurley here by a landslide, even though he has a tougher matchup. Uh, it's just a matter if you can get up to his expensive price. That's the only problem. Mike Davis, is he's, it's not like he's value priced anymore. But he's also good. And then, of course, Teddy Bridgewater is the main distributor. He's, you know, he's going to be running this spread offense and slinging the ball all over the place against a weak secondary. So you got to love that, the volume and the tempo and how good he's playing. He's just looked really good. And Teddy Bridgewater runs the ball occasionally as well, which is bonus. He can get some rushing yards there as well. So you got to love really both sides of this game. It's just a matter of getting the, the correct stats in line, getting the correct captain in a showdown slate here. And I think we have some good picks here. Uh, and I know you love Ted, Teddy Bridgewater, which means you're going to love this matchup in this, in this game for Carolina. So. Well, I like him in certain spots and I, I yeah. liked him in that week five matchup. I certainly had him in a bunch of lineups and he went for 313 yards and two touchdowns. So he paid off his, his cheap price tag on that slate. He's more expensive here, of course, on the showdown. But I'll get him out there and pair him up with Robbie Anderson. He's also my first target that I want to look at in this offense for, for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, Samuel is in play because he's cheaper than Moore. And I, I do want to talk about the tight end situation here because, you know, it's a great point you made in terms of Carolina really focusing their targets on a small core. And for an example, you just look at last week against uh, New Orleans – 21 of their 23 receptions went to those four guys, Anderson, Moore, Samuel, and Davis. I mean, that's a monstrous percentage. We're talking like L.A. Rams focus, you know, from years past when they just locked in on Cup and Woods and, and Gurley when he was back with them. So uh, the, the, reason I, the, the reason I want to follow up on that point is because the tight end matchup is so great against Atlanta but Carolina is just not throwing it to Ian Thomas. He's just not a high volume pass catcher. I mean, if you look at what tight ends have done against Atlanta, Greg Olson had four catches and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz, nine catches for 88 and a score. Uh, Jimmy Graham, six for 60 and two touchdowns. And then remember Robert Tanyan? Remember how we were all over him? And then he went six mm. for 98 and three touchdowns. Yeah. And so that what does Carolina do the week after that? They give Ian Thomas one target, no catches, yeah. no yards. And then, sure enough, the last two weeks, Irv Smith, four for 55, and your boy Hawkinson last week, five for 59 and a touchdown. So it's the, the you know, it, it's like, please uh, drop some plays here for Ian Thomas. He's a good price. Uh, he could smash, but 
they just don't do it. So, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate wasted opportunity. At least it was in week five. And I don't really have much faith that they're going to uh, throw it to him here in week eight either. So uh, I am going to just circle back and use those uh, other wide receivers we've already talked about. Um, Mike Davis certainly in play. I don't like him as much as Robbie Anderson, for example, on DraftKings. I'd rather pay up for Anderson. And then the backup running back for Carolina, you know, again, assuming that McCaffrey is out, you know, they don't really have much depth behind Mike Davis. He's been in so many uh, touches. That's why you've been all over him all season. But Trenton Cannon would be a, a real deep sleeper here. Uh, last week, he only got one carry uh, against New Orleans. But the week before that, he got five touches, three rushes and two receptions against Chicago. So at $200, which is bare minimum price on DraftKings, he's another guy, along with Edo Smith, if, you, you know, if you're going to play the million maker and you want to get different, that would be one way to do it. Yeah, you could throw in a $200 guy if you take a zero. If you just hit yeah. on all the studs in this game, you could still take down a tournament, technically. Right. Uh, there's been people that take down Millie Makers with zeros in there. Yes. So he's kind of a, a punt play there. Yeah, I agree about Ian Thomas. I think he's pretty talented, but it's kind of like when you watch those like college spread offenses, they just have a bunch of quick guys running around, and that's really what Matt Rule wants to do. So like you never see like the tight ends really going off in those spread offenses in college, and that's kind of what's happened here uh, in Carolina. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible Ian Thomas could get a couple more targets and maybe he gets a red zone look, you know, uh, an end zone look here and gets a touchdown. I mean, he's certainly a big, you know, he's a big target. He's athletic. So you never know what's going to happen there. So that is the type of play that you could probably get like, you know, three, four percent ownership in a showdown, which is like unheard of and help help gain an edge on the field on these huge fields and like these millet makers, for example. So absolutely. And we've been focusing here on the DraftKings pricing on this podcast, but obviously we are uh, zeroed in on FanDuel as well. And one of the things our members love is the the lineups we give out on FanDuel. So I should mention that now. If you want to join, go to dfscoachtalk.com to get one of our memberships. We do it by length of time. So you get a week, a month, or you get the winter special, which takes you through the end of the NFL season, and it will save you on the monthly price. And what we do is we give out full lineups on FanDuel. We give out a cash lineup, a GPP lineup. And then on DraftKings, we give out a core, uh, a, a GPP core and a cash core. And then on the Sunday main slate, we give the coaches clipboard with core plays and pivots. So we do this for every slate. We do it for every showdown in the NFL. Um, you know, Like I said, our, fam- our, our members love it because you can just take the FanDuel lineup, plug it, uh, plug and play. And, uh, you know, we've we've had a lot of success with that. So DFSCoachTalk.com to get a membership. Uh, Shane, you want to tell the, the listeners a little bit about social media with DFS Coach Talk? Yeah, we're on Instagram there at DFS underscore Coach Talk. So definitely check us out on Instagram. We uh, post a lot of our winnings on there. Um, you can take a look at all our huge wins under the highlights category for each sport. All kinds of huge takedowns and, you know, big wins in there showing our track record. Um, and you can, uh, I'm on, uh, DET sports Shane on Twitter, uh, and Instagram. So if you want to check me out there you know, definitely post some lineups and some good information there as well. So definitely check us out on social media and just remember, you know, give us that, you know, subs- uh, subscribe on YouTube and that thumbs up and also on the pod center, give us good reviews there and, and definitely subscribe there as well. Yeah. And then, uh, in terms of the rest of the group on Twitter, you can find us at DFS coach talk. I am at Language Olympic, 
Our fearless leader, the coach, is available at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Uh, our charity of choice here, mambaon3.org, M-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. We've got another show coming up tomorrow. Uh, that's our week eight main slate preview where we go game by game. So that'll be up uh, at some point late on Thursday. So hit the uh, you know subscribe button on YouTube so you get notified when that posts. Then, of course, we'll have several more shows Saturday night for the main slate where we go position by position uh, to break everything down. So that's the schedule here this week. Um, and we also want to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, betus.com.pa. Thank you for everything that they do. All right, Shane, we'll wrap it up here. And we wish everybody the best here with their showdown lineups. And uh, uh, hope that everybody has a great week eight. So uh, tune in with us the rest of the week as we can continue to break down all these matchups. On behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.